Well, this morning we continue our study of rightly receiving the Word of God, and uh, I said that this would be a, a two- to four-week series, and we're on number two. If you don't have one of the little outlines and would like one, we have a couple fellows that have some. If you just raise your hand, they'll, they'll take care of that for you, and um, this is what we're doing today and, and for the next couple of weeks, so keep your hands up, and, and one of our fine deacon servants will help you out. I hope that last week you went away taking to heart that idea that there's some things that I need to be practicing as I, as I listen to the Word of God and as, I, and as I get ready for the Word of God. And I hope that you took that to heart a little bit. We have any more? One more right over here. Okay. It's on its way, all right? And I hope that you took it to heart and you said, you know what, I, I, I want to practice some of those things because that's what we want. That's, that's, what we, that's the idea behind what we're doing in this is to say, all right, Lord, I, I come to a Bible study on a regular basis. I come to sermon on a regular basis. What is it that I need to know? What is it that I need to do? How is it that I need to be prepared to, to serve and, and to worship and to study and to know the truth of God? What is it that needs to be happening? And that's what we want you to do. We want you to, to take this to heart a little bit and say, all right, this is what we need to do. Last week we looked at the introduction. Uh, we talked about that there was no automatic blessing through the mere hearing of sermons. And we proved that point biblically. We looked at what the Bible had to say that... We, we summarized our time together by saying that to listen to the Word of God and to have a, a sermon or a lesson is a privilege, and it's something that we need to take and, and understand that this is special. I'm in, a, I'm, in, uh, I'm in a unique setting, and I'm doing something really unique. Maybe it's a home. Maybe it's here. Maybe it's down the hallway. Maybe it's somewhere else. This is pretty special because we have a group of people that are gathering together to study the Word of God. And we know that the Holy Spirit's here, and he's in our midst, and he's going to teach us. And so this is indeed unique and special, and I hope that you approach today with that very idea. Well, this morning we continue, and right along with your outline, as I said last week, we are following this just exactly as it's written out on that piece of paper for you. Today we're going to look at principles to apply prior to the hearing of God's Word. What do I need to do to get ready for this? What needs to happen in my life so that I get ready for the Word of God? I need to do a little bit of prep work for the Word of God, I would think. It doesn't need to be a massive amount, surely, but I need to do a little something. When you, when you come to hear the Word of God, when you come to a teaching time, you are coming to hear God Himself. Big principle. That's an important concept. You are coming to hear the living God himself. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 is our verse for that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. It simply says this. 1 Thessalonians 2, 13. For this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, 
but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. Not the word of men, but the word of God. One of the absolute fundamental hallmarks of this church is that when we gather together for Bible studies, when we gather together for preaching times, when we gather together with our children, with our teens, with our adults, we are dealing with and teaching the Word of God. Now, there are times that we will do a Bible study and we'll use a book. And we'll talk about what that author said, but then we are going beyond what that author said and we're looking at Bible verses that are helping us understand what he's saying. It is the Word of God. It is not opinions. It is not current events. It is not general topics or thoughts. It is the Word of God. We preach Christ and Him crucified here at this church. That's an important thing. And when you gather together, you need to understand that that's exactly what is going on. This pulpit is not a platform for my ideas or my opinions or anybody else's. This is a platform that someone would come before you and proclaim the Word of God. My task has been, is, and always will be to stand before you and declare, thus says the Lord. This is what God wants you to know. These are God's words that we're about to look into it. My job is to do that and to do it in such a way that it is the entire, the whole counsel of God and just not some pet peeves every now and again. It is to proclaim God's word that way. In the outline it says that you must see beyond the preacher or the teacher in order for this to happen. Boy, isn't that the truth. We've talked about that before last week, previous weeks. We've talked about, we talk about that every once in a while. We cannot allow the little irritations to stop us from listening to the Word of God. We can't do that. You as a listener, you have to go above and beyond sometimes so that those little irritations don't bother you so that you are ignoring those and you're listening to the Word of God. Right now, some of you could be saying, just get behind that pulpit and stay put. Well, I didn't do that. So you have to get past that. We have to deal with that in the right way. Somebody said to me this morning, you look like you're almost dressed in patriot colors today. Well, some of you may have to get past that. <laughs> whatever. By the way, that, that was not the case. But whatever. It, you got to get past that if that's the case. If you think things like that, that you have to move on. We have to, we have to come into a Bible study setting and understand that that little pet peeve of mine as a listener, that irritation of mine as a listener, cannot stop this process. That person that I'm listening to is proclaiming the word of God, and I need to take in what they have to say. I need to concentrate, and I need to listen, and I need to not let those other things stop me. We have talked about this before, but honestly, this is an important, big deal. You know how life is. <laughs> you start thinking, and, and by the way, that's the problem with illustrations over and over. It's one of the reasons why I use very few illustrations. I say patriot colors, and some of you are thinking, man, 
spend four more hours like going to watch the whatever. And all of a sudden, our minds are a million miles away, and we're thinking about something else. You know how easy that is to happen. And when irritations or pet peeves come in, and those are the things that take us away, boy, we're thinking about things we have no business thinking about in a teaching Bible study setting. So what I'm saying is simply this. You have to be disciplined. You have to come. I need to go. When I'm sitting in a place where people are teaching, we need to make sure that we are listening clearly to the Word of God and that we are paying attention to what He has to say. You know, my, my greatest pet peeve, and, and my wife tell you this, I, honestly, when I listen to sermons, I, I sometimes don't sit still. And Cynthia will tell you, I kind of have a little, I wiggle. And, and the other thing I'm thinking is, well, why do you do that instead of this? How come he's that direction instead of this direction? And all of a sudden, I'm not listening to him anymore. I'm going down my own path and maybe constructing my own sermon instead of listening to the Word of God. You have the same things that you may do once in a while. To come and to be a part of a Bible study, to be a part of a, of a preaching time, we have to discipline ourselves. We have to understand that we can sit and pay attention for 30 to 45 to 60 minutes. We can do it. And we need to do it. And we need to be committed to it, and we need to get all the distractions out of the way, and we need to make sure that this is what we're doing, and we need to ask, Lord, reel me in. Get me back where I need to be so that I can listen to the Word of God so that this is a profitable time for me. This stuff matters, not because it's mine, but because it's the Word of God. Open up your Bibles to this. Let's study this. This matters. The next thing is, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 66. We need to make sure that we have a reverence for God's word, this thing that we are talking about. Isaiah chapter 66 And it says in verses 1 and 2, Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where then is a house you could build for me and where is a place that I may rest? For my hand made all these things. Thus all these things came into being, declares the Lord. But to this one I will look, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. If I'm going to get the most out of preaching and teaching times, if you're going to get the most out of preaching and teaching times, you need to be pleased about and looking forward to the fact that I say, open your Bibles too. We're going to talk about the Word of God for a while. We're going to see what it is that the Lord has for us for a little while here. We're going to study the Bible. And you need to have the mindset that says, yes, that's good. I want to know what God has to say. I want to understand truth. I want to know how I do this or that or the other thing. And there are times when you're going to leave this place or a Bible study time or a Sunday school class or whatever it may be, and you're going to say, man, you really stomped on my toes today. Yeah, God does that every once in a while. Or you're going to say, you know what, it's amazing. Did you follow me around this week? Yeah, the Holy Spirit knows exactly what you need, doesn't he? It's phenomenal. Why? Because it's the Word of God. 
And so when we open it up and we say, let's study the Word of God, let's see what God has to say, your mindset needs to be immediately, well, this is far more important than when I was reading about current events earlier this morning. This is far more significant than what I read about in that magazine or that book that I'm captivated about at home. This is the Word of God. And I need to understand that this matters. And what I've put on your, on your sheet here is to develop a reverence for the Word of God. That you will approach the Word of God with awe. On your own when you read it, read it slowly and carefully. Listening to the words that you're saying. Understanding what it is that's happening here. Pausing once in a while just to ponder that thought. You know that phrase in the Psalms that we read over and over again, Selah, ponder or think on these things, consider these things, take a moment and just ponder, concentrate on the words of God. Do that on your own. When you're reading the Word of God, let's not make it a speed reading type thing. Let's not make sure that we are flying through it. Let's actually ponder what it is so that we develop a reverence for God's Word. We develop that mindset that says, this, this is worth listening to. This is worth reading. This is worth the activity that we're involved in right now because this is God and he is speaking. That's what makes this time special and wonderful. Now the next one is that we need to develop a submission to God's word. As soon as we revere God's word, well, next we need then to be willing to submit to God's word. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. And it, it says this in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. And Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be if he calls out that you will say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, because he had been hearing his name called. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Then the Lord came and stood and called out as other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. In other words, what do you want me to do, Lord? What do you want me to do? So, we, we need to have a reverence for God's word. This matters. This is cool. I understand that this this Bible, this God's Word, it's above everything else. Therefore, when we say, let's open our Bibles too, and when we're reading it and studying it, it, it carries more weight. The second thing is that we need to have a submission to the Word of God. So because it is God speaking, the next thing is, what am I going to do with that that God has just told me? We need to never, 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 never fall into the trap to think that we are going to Bible studies and times of preaching and all those other activities just so that we can be smarter. That's not the point. Just so that when a conversation comes up, I can join in and I can put in my two cents and let people know that, yeah, I know the Bible, I understand that. Being smarter about the Bible is a good thing. Knowing the Bible is a really good thing. But as we saw last week, we need to do something with what we hear. I need to have a reverence, yes, but certainly a submission to the Word of God.
So if we're going to open up our Bibles and we're going to study, for instance, Ephesians chapter 5 and 6, where it talks about husbands and wives and how they treat each other, children and parents and how they treat each other, and we leave this place and get in our car and begin bickering once again, we missed the point, didn't we? Lord, not only do I want to hear what you have to say, and not only do I believe that it's more important than anything else that I'm reading, more important than anything else that's going on, but I want to, I want to then submit to that. I want to yield to that. I want to follow that. I want to obey that. Is that your, is that your desire? Is that how you come into this place as you are getting ready for the preaching time? Lord, I want to hear I want to understand, and I want to go out, and I want to obey it. If we're not there, we're not where we need to be. Acts chapter 10 is another verse I'd like you to go to that talks about this. This is the vision where, that Peter had with the sheet being lowered and all of the animals were on it and, and the Lord said, rise and, and kill. And Peter said, oh, Lord, look at what it says in verse 17. Acts 10, 17. Now while Peter was greatly perplexed in mind as to what the vision which he had seen might be, behold, the men who had been sent by Cornelius having asked direction for Simon's house appeared at the gate. And calling out, they were asking whether Simon, who was also called Peter, was staying there. While Peter was reflecting on the vision, the Spirit had said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. But get up, go downstairs, and accompany them without misgivings, for I have sent them myself. Peter went down to the men and said, Behold, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for which you have come? They said, Cornelius, a centurion, a righteous and God-fearing man, well spoken of by the entire nation of the Jews, was divinely directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and hear a message from you. So he invited him in and gave them lodging, and on the next day he got up and went away with them, and some of the brethren from Joppa accompanied him. He did exactly what it is that God wanted him to do. On the following day he entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them, and he had called together his friends and his close relatives. Peter did what God told him to do, and this is important, in spite of the cultural barriers and the traditions that he was bound to. Sometimes we struggle with obeying God and submitting to God because, well, I've always done it that way. And now, really? I, I, what are you going to do when your traditions, your practices, your cultural way of living conflicts with God's word. What are you going to do when your habits conflict with God's word? It does no good for us to be excited about the, the preaching. It does no good for us to, to hold God's word in reverence above all things if we're not willing then to submit to what it is that God says to do and to be. We need to submit to the word of God. We must be willing to have the attitude of submission and obedience like Peter did in Acts chapter 10. 
And we need to do that and be there before we walk through those doors, before we get to the Bible study. Lord, this is what I want. This is what I hope that will happen today as I am a part of this event. Well, the next point on your outline there is this. We must make a conscious acknowledgement of our need of the Holy Spirit's ministry of illumination and enlightenment. Now, that's just a cutesy, nice way to simply say this. As we come to this spiritual activity, we need spiritual help. It's that simple. We need spiritual help. We're at this, we're in this spiritual activity, we're in this unique place, we're doing this this wonderful thing. It is God's word that is that we're talking about. Therefore, I need some spiritual help so that everything will take place the way it needs to take place. Psalm 119, verse 18. Psalm 119, verse 18. The psalmist simply says this, Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. Lord, I'm about to enter into this spiritual activity. And I know that I really haven't maybe been in as much as I should be. And so, Lord, open my eyes. Give me spiritual vision today. Give me understanding today that comes from you that I might be ready for this great event. Turn to verse 130 of this same chapter. It says this, the unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. God's word truly does open up our eyes and help us to see. God's word takes those scales and lifts them off, but it's the spirit of God that is doing that. It's not by my power. It's not by my persuasive ways. It's not by anything that I can do. I can put together the best, the very best sermon you've ever heard in your whole life. And unless the Spirit of God is involved in the delivering and the receiving of it, it's a waste. This is a spiritual activity. Granted, we are physical bodies here. And I'm involved in the speaking and you're involved in the listening, but this is a spiritual activity. And if we're going to be successful with a spiritual activity, we need spiritual help. We need the Holy Spirit to help us. We need that desperately. We need to make sure that we run to him before we come to this place. The other verse that I have listed there is, is found in Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. Verse 3, it says this, For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. In verse 1, it says, My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, if you will search and seek and ask God and cry for discernment, Lord, teach me. Teach me. And as I said a moment ago, we don't come here to get smarter. We come here that we might understand God and know God better and 
be equipped to follow him in a greater way. Holy Spirit, show me. Holy Spirit, enlighten me. Holy Spirit, teach me. Holy Spirit, give me understanding. A spiritual activity. And, and the mistake that we make over and over again is we feel like the, the, the simple listening to a sermon is not a spiritual activity. It is. It's very spiritual in nature. We need God's help. We need him to do a great work in our lives. Couldn't we maybe ask God to do a great work in our lives before we come into this place? Couldn't we maybe take a couple of minutes as we're driving here and ask God to do a great work as we come into a building that is going to be about Bible study and worship and preaching? Couldn't we say, God, open my eyes? Shouldn't we be saying those things? Shouldn't we be doing that? It's a God-honoring thing to take a little bit of time before we do certain activities and say, Lord, I'm about to do this activity. We need your help here. We need you to teach us. We need you to show us. Because here's the deal. No matter how much God works in me in what I need to do, unless you're asking God to work in you, it, it's not going to work. And no matter how much you are asking God to do his thing in you, unless I'm asking God to do his thing in me, it's not going to work. We, 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 we all need to be doing that. We all need to be saying, Lord, do this thing. Work in us. Fill us. Open up my mouth. Open up my ears. Open us up that we can hear so that we can do this. Pray for me throughout the week. Thank you very much. Pray for you throughout the week as well. Make sure that that's going on as well. We do not want this simply to be a religious duty. We do not want this to be simply a religious obligation. We want this to be a spiritual activity that is, that is propelling us and driving us and, and, and throwing us out of this place back into our world of responsibilities and we're better equipped now than we were before. We're closer to him now than we were before. We see him better. We understand more because we have been involved in this incredibly important spiritual activity. God, show me. Cleanse me. Get ready. Get me ready for this. We don't ever want to come into this place and leave feeling the same way. And maybe you forgot about it. And you didn't do it before you got here. Or you didn't do it after you got into the parking lot. And so as you're sitting down in the pew, right as soon as class is starting, or right as soon as the worship service is starting, right as soon as the preaching time is starting, zone whoever's up here out for 30 seconds and talk to God. And ask him to do that work. As you're listening to the sermon and, 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 and as a point is shared and given and, and it just hits home with you, don't just ponder it. Don't just write it down so that you remember it. While you're pondering, while you're writing down, God, change me in this area. God, convict me when I get home. I don't want to just be a person that is motivated and excited about your word in the pews. 
I want to do it when I leave. I want to apply it. God, do that work. The Bible says that this is an important thing. Let's treat it as an important thing. You know, a perfect example of, 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 of preparing, because we prepare for a lot of things, don't we? I mean, we, we honestly do. How many of us would go to the dentist without brushing our teeth right before we go? I mean, it's what you do. And if, and if, you're out, if you can't do it, you go to the dentist's office and say, can I use one of your toothbrushes? And they'll say, absolutely, they're in there. That's what we do. It's what we should do for this. Let's brush before we come in. The next thing is that we, we see, number three is this, we must make a conscious repudiation of all that would hinder our reception of the Word of God. We need to get rid of certain things so that the Word of God does its great work in our lives. A couple of passages, one that you, you're going to be familiar with these passages. 1 Peter chapter 2, I, I talk about these all the time. It, it, it's verses that we need to know, that we need to practice. Uh, I wish that, that these verses were more a part of my life on a regular basis. These are important verses, and, and we need to make sure that we are practicing these. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander, like newborn babes, like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word so that you may grow in respect to salvation if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. Because you have tasted that he is good, you want to be in it and you want it and you want to desire it. Like a newborn baby desires that, that milk, you want that and you desire it. But Peter is saying there are some things that will hinder that. Malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy and slander. You need to put aside some things. You need to fix some things as you can. This is a spiritual activity. Where are you spiritually? Are you dealing with those things that the Bible calls malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander? Go to James 1.21. Same idea. Uses different words. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. He's not talking about salvation in either one of these verses. He's talking about sanctification. He's talking about salvation uh, as a growing process. And we said this at the beginning last week. We can listen to sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon. We can, we can be in so many teaching times, and we can listen to all sorts of teaching times forever. But if we're not dealing with our sin. Word of God really isn't penetrating. So it's not only Lord get me ready, it's Lord cleanse me. It's Lord forgive me. It's Lord get me ready for what is about to happen here. I would challenge you to, to maybe stop visiting. Visiting's a really good thing. It's a really good thing. Okay. Maybe stop visiting three minutes sooner. Find your way into this place and spend a little time in prayer. Jeannie goes up to the piano and, and she plays lovely, lovely songs to, to help us kind of get ready for worship. That's what the idea of that is. And during that time would be a great time to spend a few moments just talking to the Lord. 
and just, Lord, I'm about to do this. And, and as the music is calling me to worship, Lord, I just want my heart to be where it needs to be right now with you. And maybe you need to confess some sins, and maybe you need to deal with some issues, and maybe it's just a matter of, Lord, teach me. And, 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 and uh, we're real close, and I'm excited about that. Teach me now. Open my eyes. What I'm saying to you is there are opportunities for this to happen. You need to seize them. You need to make sure that you are coming to this spiritual activity in the right way. We have lives. We talked about the ungodly hour and all that goes on on Saturday night and Sunday morning sometimes. Let's, let's fix those things right before we come here. Right as we're getting here. Let's deal with them. Let's talk to the Lord about them. Let's confess. Let's apply these principles before we come to the preaching. Now, there's one more verse I want to look at, and then we're done. I want you to turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. I want you to understand this. A basic premise that I believe we can all understand as, as believers is this, the more spiritual an exercise or an activity that we are involved in, the more active and violent our flesh. The more spiritual an exercise that we are involved in, the more active and violent against us is our flesh. Let me illustrate. How aware are you of sin? How, how overwhelming is your lack of being who you ought to be or doing what you ought to be or your behavior or sin as you are simply relaxed watching a movie or a sporting event or news or something on the TV? Usually not at all. Usually we're engaged in that thing and, and, and sin isn't, isn't an issue at all. We're watching that movie. We're watching the thing. How often do, do all of a sudden are we overcome with the sense that, that, that there's this evil that I am dealing with, this flesh, this battle that I have, this, this sinful, these desires. That doesn't happen very often when we're doing those kinds of activities. Turn the TV off. Set aside your book, your magazine, whatever it is, and pray for 15 minutes. And all of a sudden your mind is going crazy with all sorts of different things. Why? Because all of a sudden you're involved in a spiritual activity, and when you are involved in a spiritual activity, the flesh is more active and violent. You all of a sudden are involved in that war. Because you are flesh, and you're doing your best to be involved in spiritual things. And sometimes it's a battle to pray for those 15 minutes, to read the Word, to concentrate on it. Flesh and sin and evil and corruption it rears its ugly head, and I can hardly concentrate all of a sudden. There's all these other things going on. Man, I was able to concentrate on that movie without any problem at all. Because all of a sudden, I'm doing this spiritual activity. And there is a battle waging, and Satan doesn't want you involved in those things. 
understand that the more spiritual an activity is, the more pressure there will be against you. Therefore, be ready when you come into this place. Listen, we have said it, maybe not in these words, but we've said it. Satan wants nothing more. He's accepted the fact that chances are you're a churchgoer. But what he wants then is for you to go to church, sit there politely, participate if you will, and then go home and move on to the next thing and never give this another thought. That's what he wants. Because then you have the attitude of, I've done my thing. But as James says, you're just kidding yourself. You're deceiving yourself. You come here and you practice these principles that we've talked about, and you pray and you do your thing. That he can't stand, and he's going to fight against it. But that we must do, because this is an important spiritual activity. It would be so nice if every time a church was built, the Lord magically put in some sort of a force field type thing, and when we walked through it, it was pure spiritual and nothing else, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be cool? No thoughts of yesterday, no thoughts about tomorrow, no issues, no problems, just spiritual, I'm here and I'm... The Lord has not done that to any church that I'm aware of. He has given us the Holy Spirit, and he has said, you have the ability to do what you need to do for the next little while here. The Spirit's going to empower you, and He's going to help you. But you're going to have to concentrate. You're going to have to take it seriously. You're going to have to fight for it on occasion. But you can do it. Because this matters. This matters. Review. Read through it. Go through the verses again. Do your best to practice these things. We cannot... We cannot approach this thing as casually as we approach everything else. We cannot. It must be different for the glory of Jesus Christ. Practice it. You'll have opportunities this next week. Practice it and see what happens. Father, thank you for our time in the Word of God. We understand that this is a spiritual activity and we do need your help. And Lord, I pray that you would do a mighty work in our lives that as we leave here, we would understand that, that throughout this week as I involve myself with spiritual activities and the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God, I need to get ready. I need to do some things. Father, as we go into this week, as I prepare to teach again next week as other teachers prepare to teach next week. Give us your wisdom. Give us your words. Fill us with yourself that we would present what needs to be presented as the word of God. And I pray too throughout this week you would be preparing us as hearers. That we would be ready. We would be anxious. We would revere the word of God. Submit to the word of God. Embrace the word of God. Practice the word of God we'd make sure that we are approaching this as the spiritual exercise that it is that is far more important than any others. We pray this in Jesus' name.